We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com oh, wow. all right tuesday one o'clock you know what that means pga dfs strategy show on deck stochastic presented by prize picks we're here if there's golf I am here. Jeff Ulrich is here, and we are ready to break down the Shriners. I, we just talked about this, and I already forgot. The Shriners Hospital Open, correct? No, dude. What? It's not that anymore. Oh. It's it's the Shriners Children's Open this year. Children's and Open. I, okay. As we were saying off the top, I'm 90% sure last year it was just the Shriners Open, and I'm 90% sure the year before that it was the Shriners <laughs> Children's Hospital Open. And I know that Justin Timberlake I'm, has been involved in the title for this tournament at some point, so yeah anyways (laughs) i no joke i I already forgot it but yes it is the shriners and you know what as much as we can complain about them changing the verbiage there are some positives tpc summerland doesn't change the field is pretty steady and i actually think it's it's kind of an uptick from last week so we're going to get into all that but i want to kind of start with last week Mackenzie hughes your native son Takes it down. Grio made an eight on Sunday like a fool. Uh, I didn't have a major takeaways. I, I think my biggest takeaway is something that you know as well as me. In swing season, you're going to get guys at the top of the board missing cuts. You're going to get guys from the bottom of the board competing. It's just that kind of mixed bag that we have to get used to. Yeah. Um, like Henley. What was Henley doing exactly? Oh, Henley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't know what Henley was doing, unfortunately for me. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, a few others have probably tailed me. I, and I felt really stupid too, for at the time. I mean, I feel stupid most, most days, but like (laughs) stupider than usual because like Scott Stallings to me, I thought Scott Stallings was going to win the event. And I'm just like, you know, he, he played well in the playoffs and like the momentum factor, I always bring it up in the fall. And it's like, how did I not bet Scott Stallings at a bigger number, but then he fell off. And it goes to your point where the swing season is it's just what it is. It, it is what it is. I'm not even like Mackenzie Hughes winning. It's just, it didn't even like register. It's just like, okay, yeah, then kind of makes sense. It's fall. Like this is when a Mackenzie Hughes pops up and wins an event. So yeah, it, it you know, it's a little bit weird. If you, if you had a Mackenzie Hughes ticket, it was at a nice number. If you use him for DFS, I don't even know what his ownership was, but it was probably really low. Low. Nice win for him. Um, you know, I know people were throwing out the moment, the, the snub factor from the president's cup team. Hey, you know, it's a thing. I I know the last time that we had the President's Cup in 2019, we had like four international guys win like in the in the next 12 events. So it's something that I would actually keep looking at. I would look at guys who get stubbed. I'd guy, look at guys who played on the international side because it just creates a lot of confidence, I think, for them one way or the other. It, 
there's no doubt about it. Uh, you can get on runs and it's always, I think the, the allure of swing season is always the guys who are going to break through. Who's going to win that first one? Oh, all these hot names. And more often than not, we just see like, you know, random solid PGA tour guys add another one to the resume. So it yeah. doesn't have to just be first time winners. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's wide open, man. I mean, that's, what's kind of nice about it too, is that, you know, you can go down the board and I, like, I know for me, um, you know, like DFS, obviously we're, we're more in tune to like the, the salaries attached to players, but like for betting, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have a guy rot like on the card, like over 66 to one this week. I mean, it's just probably got a little bit too cute trying to go to the top of the board last week. And, and I'm just not going to do that, especially with more elite players and where the, the prices are depressed too. So yeah. Any, anything else you want to talk about from, like I said, I didn't have major takeaways. We no. saw a mixed bag of some guy, Taylor Montgomery rallied. I thought he finished better than he played. Uh, but six strokes putting every week. It's just absurd. Yeah. That's a, that was a cold putting week for him based on what we <laughs> saw two weeks ago. I mean, I don't know, but Grio has got it going on. We're going to talk about him, but let's get into it. Let's get into TPC Summerlin. We've seen this course a million times. 471 Vegas. We know what you need. It's going to be easy. What do you think of and how do you kind of think of what you want when you come here? Yeah, this, I mean, the events like the uh, venues like this with, with, it's just such easy scoring. You've got the distance factor off the tee with the thin air, no rough really. So it's not very penal off the tee. There's some water, but it's not like a huge deal. It's, it's more on the approach side. Really the water comes into play. So it just brings everybody into the mix. It just, it, it creates like this, this vacuum where it's like anyone can kind of win. And the elite players have like separated themselves here as well. You know, like, like Sanjay Canley's got to win Bryson. So we've had like three pretty elite winners in the past five years, but then you, you mix in a Martin Laird at two fifty to one and a Kevin Nav 14.2 gain strokes putting week. And it's like, just anything can happen. So that's what these kind of venues do. Um, but as far as like what we really want to be focusing in on and things we can actually like factor in, it's definitely a strokes gain approach week. I mean, this is just all about hitting greens. Everyone's going to hit greens, but the guys who hit it closer, as we saw with Sanjay last year, like they're just going to get more and more birdie opportunities. And if their putter gets remotely hot, they're going to go really low. So um, strokes gained approach is, is where it's at. This tends to be a, a, a course where it's a little bit tougher around the greens, but like you just don't miss many greens here. The green and red regulation percentages here are super high. So scrambling doesn't come into it too much. I mentioned the off the tee stuff. Everyone's hitting it, bombing it like over 300. So, um, you know, it, it's a week where a variety of styles are probably going to get in the mix. You, you want to just hyper emphasize the, the tee to green and, and the guys who are just, you know, going to be giving you a, a ton of birdie opportunities, but you don't need to really cross anyone off the list. Um, if you've got like some kind of connection here, or you just think a guy is, is due for a good week for, for whatever reason, I mean, there's a good chance he can come out of the gates hot. So, um, you know, you get ready for, you know, a six under par cut line as well on Friday. There's no doubt about that. We got a ton of Vegas guy. Like there's a million guys that live in the area. Yep. I'd say the majority of this field, even if they don't have a ton of experience at Shriners have seen this course, it's just one of those. I agree. So it's such an interesting dynamic, particularly with around the green. It is tricky, but you may not be exposed if you don't know what you're doing, because you can hit 
all the greens of regulation. It's not one of those courses that are going to force you to scramble, particularly if you're on it. Like if you're precise with your irons here, you legitimately may not have to scramble at all at times. And that can really help some of these one dimensional golfers in a field like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, to your point about like, like the desert and just where we're located, I mean, um, there are just players who really just have good track records in, in these, these courses, like the Amex is another course where you, we tend to get pretty high green and regulation percentages. So, um, you know, players can just really just hyper-focus in on getting their putter grooved in and then just getting their irons, um, grooved in as well. So, you know, desert performance, you know, Phoenix is another course you could kind of look at, um, not as much like correlation I'd say as like the Amex, but, um, it definitely is, is, is doesn't take the short game out of it completely, but you will definitely see players, especially at the top end, like hitting 16, 17 greens in regulation this week. I don't think like that that's not unreasonable to think unless there's like poor weather, but there's not poor weather. It's actually, there's like no wind this week. So yeah, it looks solid. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the course? Again, we, we've seen it. My one question, and I don't really care about this. And maybe I'm just looking at something that's a little confusing. The, the greens were bent and then they were Bermuda. What, what are these greens? Do you know? Pretty sure they're still bent grass. They're bent. Um, okay. Pretty sure they've always been bent grass. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to double check. I'm going to go to the, my little turn, the, the tournament fact sheet. It's still, yeah. Duh, yeah. Bent grass. They're still bent grass. Um, okay. They may have been Bermuda at one point, but I'm, I'm, I know last year they were bent grass as well, just because okay. I did my write up and they had bent grass. So um, there we go. Easy enough. All right, let's get into it. We're going to dive into the golfers, but before we do, you see it. You see it right on the screen. Good old prize picks sticking with us as they always do. They've powered our our golf shows all year. Super appreciative. And it's just another way to get in the game, get in the mix. We're talking about player prop-based contests. They've got all sorts of different opportunities over there. No optimizers. You're making five-player lineups. You can get up to 10 extra entries. You're projecting different things, fairways hit, birdies are better, little matchups, things like that. And if you're going to do it, click the link in the description below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to $100 deposit bonus when you sign up and make that deposit with prize picks. It's a great opportunity. You see it on the screen. Can't say enough good things there. I know a lot of you guys already play there, but shout out to prize picks for powering this show. And some of those big names are going to be on the prize picks card for sure. We get you mentioned this when you're talking about Sanderson Farms. We, Sam Burns, quality player. But to me, Patrick Cantley's in a different league. Like when we see Patrick Cantley at the top of the board, it's a little different. He yeah. loves this place. He's 11,100. When we kick things off with him and Homa and Sunjay, how do you feel about that kind of first tier? Yeah. And I mean, like Patrick Cantley is definitely, it's being reflected in like the projections and stuff and the, um, the ownership projections on stochastic. And again, I mean, just really, really useful tools, guys. I mean, definitely check them out. It's all up there, but I mean, can't lay in terms of how we're, how he's being projected this week. It's just, it's like off the charts. I mean, like there's not even like a tier for can't lay this week. It's like a 40% projected top six rate. Um, and the ownership is up there as well, which you, you can check out on site and it's bigger than, than Sam Burns was projecting. But, you know, I look at those, those three players and, I do like Sanjay this week. I mean, I, I really do think that like starting lineups with Sanjay M is, is viable simply because Canley is over 11,000, but um, <laughs> like you're definitely taking your life into your own hands with, with, you know, not, not rostering Canley. Um, so 
it's a catch 22. It's really created just a situation where, you know, he's going to be so highly owned that I think that just fading him on ownership alone is, is at least like worth talking about, but I definitely go Cantley Sanjay Homa um, with the idea that, you know, if you're looking to pivot off one of the top, you know, or you're looking to pivot off Cantley, excuse me. I mean, like, I think Sanjay is an absolutely fine starting point. He's coming in the exact same way he came in last year. He had a bunch of top finishes in the playoffs. He's striking it great again. He was very confident with the putter. There's no reason why he can't come in here, lead the field and strokes gain T to green again. And just if the putter is, is like remotely good, win the event again. So um, I really like Sanjay this week, but you know, can't lay at these events. I mean, I, I don't even really need to go over the course history. He's just, it's absurd what he does when he comes here. It really is. And I mean, part of it, particularly early in, in his career, maybe wasn't the same player, but you find it equally absurd to see Max Homa's course history here. Yeah, I mean, which is you're talking like, about four straight miscuts, cuts, nothing of any value. Now, he wasn't the same player at all those times, but for a guy this good to have no success at a swing season event, what do you make of that? This and this is where this event is is really weird and it can kind of play with your mind. Like there there are players, like he's not the only one. Um I know Keith Mitchell is another player like we have projected well this week. He's over four and made cuts at this event. And so I think, again, it's got to do with a couple factors. It is Vegas. It's Las Vegas. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's the fall season. A little roulette most, table action. Most of these guys are under 35, Ben. Like, you know, the, it's it's not like Max Homa, especially. I mean, he's coming off the win, the President's Cup. I mean, he's this got a little dream. bit extra cash in the bankroll this week. I mean, it's not outlandish to think that he's coming here and just being like, okay, I mean, if I make the cut, great. If not, great you know so um i you know but i don't really have an answer for why he's 0 for 4 as you mentioned i mean he was definitely a different player even just two years ago so it's something that you know if you want to take a shot with max homa i don't i'm not that's like that shouldn't stop you from from yeah from playing him whether it's in a tournament lineup or whatever but yeah it's something to note i mean i think some players also just come to these type of events and they just don't like the fact that it's just, you know, it's just all out birdie. And it's like, okay, you make a par and all of a sudden you lose three strokes. And, you know, you've got like the, the Austin cooks all of a sudden, like shooting 62 and Max Helm was like, how is Austin cook doing this on this course when I'm like, you know, the 12th ranked player in the world. So I think it creates a little bit of like negative sentiment for some of these players. They just don't like it. And I think Homa probably, if you've seen where he's won, he's won on tough, tougher golf courses. It's not really a stretch to say that he just doesn't really like these types of events. And it's just, to me, and I, I've said this a lot, I feel like the, the best players in the world, their biggest attribute is mitigating bad rounds, holding a 77 and grinding it to a 73. When you only have 36 holes, you can play pretty well and shoot three under and you're, you're gone. Like you're not making the cut here. And I, I think that adds more variance than some of the, yeah. when it's a really difficult course, I think that the better players actually are more likely to make the cut more consistently when this anyone can go out there and fire two sixty sixes uh, to get their round started. And I think that does hurt some of these players. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, again, go all goes back to the, the main point. It just brings all the different styles in. Everyone's got a chance to go low, which means, you know, if, if someone starts out, out slow, you're just, you're going to get more, you're going to get lapped by the field easier. So yeah, there's, there's more variance in these type of uh, these birdie type of events. That's why we see at the Shriners, we see Martin Laird's win. We see Adam Long win at the, at the Amex. Like it's just, you get these type of winners. We see Jim Herman win at the Wyndham. I mean, it's just, 
they just bring they bring more variance into it and and that variance trickles down into the fact that the top players can can also end up just having terrible weeks this is probably a good week to play like a missed cut parlay on on a lot of the top players i wouldn't play cantley in a missed cut parlay probably or sunday but like homa you know maybe, maybe even aaron wiser guy um wise has vegas connections but and we like aaron wise so we won't throw him in there but like, you know a couple guys like that so maybe keith mitchell again um a lot of these guys. I mean, we've only talked. That's what I'm saying. Aaron Wise, he's 20 to one in the outright market. He's the fourth highest priced player. Tom Kim, who has no experience anywhere. Taylor Montgomery, who has minimal experience. Yep. I mean, these are not known commodities in a lot of ways. Do you see yourself saying, okay, in the majority of my lineups, it's going to be Cantlay or Sunjay? Or do you see yourself saying, you know, let me start with Cam Davis and Grio? Well, I don't mind those two players. <laughs> like maybe if not I'm as your first go, man in. Yeah, I mean, maybe as a first man in. I mean, again, it's well, it's a similar story to last week. I know when we were talking last week, we 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 targeted Grillo and Davis Riley, and they were basically this price, and it was looking pretty hot for for our picks there for a, for a while. Um, and it really like it, neither guy was was bad. Grillo was actually ended up being a really good play. Um, could have been the play, but you know, triple bogeys. Happen, um, but no, I, I like both those players. Like, I, I mean, you, you mentioned Wise, who, who hasn't made a false start yet, a little bit worrisome. I do think Aaron Wise is good enough to come here, kind of like Bryson did in 2018, and just win off of like you know no starts. So that's something to consider too. But you know, Tom Kim, Montgomery, going to going around to see that these courses for the first time. This is I, I know Tom Kim won at the Wyndham, and this is going to be a similar style event. But like, this is a, an experience where. It's a different course now and and we're out in a different part of the country and if he doesn't start strong i mean like maybe he just heads to the strip so um yeah i i think that going down with some some more proven commodities grillo davis kai alex norin who coming off a second place oh overseas God. last year if, if if norin hadn't played in scotland last week i mean I, I would be all over this guy this week like the setup he's played well in the desert before but I do like this this lower 9K range. Absolutely. Norin also is an – maybe it's just me, but I want to tell people this. In case you think of him as like, oh, he's this European guy. He can't go low. He prefers easy courses now. There's a yeah. real difference. I used to think of him as like, give me hurricane conditions and a plus two winner. That's not the case. Norin is built to win at 22 under. Absolutely. Um, Stableford scoring, you know, second at Barracuda. Um, I know I was going through his record earlier, but I mean, it's, it's just all like you know, TPC twin lakes, another one where basically, you know, you got to get to 20 under, um, he was second there, Detroit yep. rocket mortgage. He showed up, um, and he's inconsistent. And, and I mean, you've got to pile him as like a pure GPP play, especially coming out of he's, been, I mean, he's, tra I don't know how much he's flown, but he, he started Fortinet, went to Scotland. Now he's basically coming back all the way to the West coast. So. But I love the setup. I really do. I mean, he's sixth in, in Phoenix for, for a little bit of desert golf there, too. Um, I, I, I don't know what to do with Noren this week, to, to be honest. Like, I'm probably going to maybe just sprinkle like a half unit on him at the start. And if he if he just, you know, fucks off, then it's just, you know, a small wager. But if he if he starts well, I might add to it. So that's one way to look at Alex Noren. And for DFS, I mean, I, we have him projected on Stochastic. And again, ownership projections guys every week as, as like a low on play. I mean, he's projecting well under 10% on DraftKings. So. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I, I like Norton this week. I, I'm really in love with that lower nine range, peppering those guys from Grio, who was fantastic last week. 
took Cam Davis who can score, Norin and Tom Hoagie. I, I don't like Taylor Montgomery. I'm fine with Wise. Do you have a feel on Hoagie? That's the one guy I feel I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just – I see Tokyo Swan there talking about Hoagie. I mean, I, I think he sets up very well for this course. Like, um, he's he's a dude who you don't necessarily want to be trusting too much, like, with uh, having to, to scramble a ton. But, you know, with iron play, I mean, he's, he can he can really dial it up. I think he's, he's, he's a little bit underrated. And, you know, he proved it, obviously, grabbing a win on a course at Pebble Beach where you know, you've got smaller greens to work with. He produced a good all-around game, but I, I don't. I think Hoagie is just a player who's just you know people might just kind of leave there at nine k and just kind of well. I mean, I've got you know Siwoo and, and other players down there, but yeah, I I don't have anything negative to say. I, I basically like all the guys from Grillo to, to to Hoagie. It's just how you want to play them. I think Cam Davis is probably like the safest play there, um, oh and God. I do like Davis's chances here. He he eats up short courses too. I mean, second at Hilton Head third at the Amex um, in 2021. So there's a lot of appeal about all four of these. I think Davis, just with the way he's finished, is the most consistent. Grillo probably next. But like Hoagie and Norin, I think, are really good to mix into um, like GPP pools this week. Cam Davis and safe. What a world that we live in. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, though. When I you need it. birdie points, though, I mean, you know, like those those two bogeys don't hurt as much when he when you're getting like the the eagle in return. So, no doubt. And like I said, the nines is strong. Tom Kim, it's not that I don't like the play. I just I prefer the guys right below him, and I still think there's some questions not on how good he is, but on exactly where is his ideal course. Maybe he's so good it doesn't matter. Maybe he's not because when I look at his Wyndham, that's not the most impressive performance. I know he won there. He gained 12 and a half strokes putting. That doesn't mean anything. He was better in Scotland. That was the peak of Tom Kim for me uh, in brutal Scottish open conditions. But let's work down a little Harmon, your boy, Davis Riley. Uh, God, this guy at times it's there and then it never sustains like 19th last week. It felt like he played better than that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think me and everyone else after round one were like basically just walking to the window to cash our Davis <laughs> Riley money, you know. But it's uh, it's a four round golf tournament, and yep. um, yeah, it, it he just left. He was just spraying it all over the place, and you know, it, it eventually caught up with him. But you know, really talented player. I'm not sure. And and again, to speaking to setup, I'm okay. D- Davis Riley's odds are interesting this week, but. I, I don't, I just don't think this is the kind of setup we want him at long-term. Okay. I, I like the, the Sanderson farm setups where it's just, you, you got to do a little bit more. I think, you know, he flashed at the U S open. I think that's better for him. Um, I'm not sure how like hard it take that is for me, but I don't, I don't necessarily love this, this week for him. He, he's not going to be able to use his, his around the green game, which actually looked pretty good at times last week. It really wasn't what was letting him down. It was more off the tee. So you can make the case that like the off the tee here is going to be easier for him, but I don't know. I, I, I'm okay. Leaving Davis off, uh, off the table this week. What about guys like Pendrith? Who's got a cold putter. You mentioned C woo. He's lurking at a pretty appealing 8,600 price tag. Now we haven't seen him, you know, in competitive, right? We was in the president's cup, but do you look to them? Do you keep going down uh, Burmeester? Like that is a weird situation. He was good last week, him and Higo. Yeah. 
Uh, Burmeister is another player in contention. I know I talked about him on the show and I was like, my God, is Dean Burmeister actually going to win after I, you know, talked him up and then didn't bet him because I thought his number wasn't big enough, but he, he gained a million strokes putting too. I, I, I will say this about Burmeister. It's he, he has tended to be good in these like lower scoring settings. Like he can really just dial up the birdies. So it's not, crazy to think that we see some continuation he gets himself in it's also not crazy to think he's gone by like thursday morning and he's like three over or something because he didn't like he didn't do anything great last week he just putted well and took advantage of some par fives um i could definitely see regression i think see woo at 8600 whenever you come to a course like this you can think about see kim um this is where he makes his cash these shorter courses where you get the irons going, you, you, you know, you, the, the birdies flow and, and yeah, I mean, just have to look where, where he great. He's grabbed his win TPC sawgrass TPC stadium at the Amex 8,600. It's a fair price. You know, you got guys like Hoagie still in front of him. I know Siwoo has been a little bit up and down for form, but that's kind of what you get from him. I just always bring him into play when we get to these type, type of courses. I get it. No pushback on Siwoo. Then you get to a weird stretch of some of these like short game specialists. So Denny McCarthy, obviously just the putting machine. You've got Bez there. And then you've got Maverick, who's like 65, 70 to one in the outright market. He's not been good lately, but there have been times where Maverick has really thrived in these type of conditions. Easy, calm, just lean on your putter. The irons have been pretty bad though. And that's really held him back lately. It has. And that's kind of like the theme in this range, like maybe ex- excluding post and although post may be going through some, some regression itself in that regard. Um, but like we have high end putters here, McCarthy, Poston, Bez, McNeely, even Keith Mitchell's like turned into a good putter. Um, but there's, but these dudes iron play is just, it's spotty. I like McNeely this week. I mean, I, I feel like, like, I feel him. like McNeely is an overrated player to begin with. I think we kind of, I think the DFS community just as a whole kind of overrates him, but if he's going to win on the PGA tour, it's going to come an event like this. Like he's not going to, I don't think he's going to go and win the farmers. I just don't think he's got enough like T to green game to do it, but he can putt, man. Like he can absolutely go out and, and, you know, do like a little Kevin Na special this week. And if he's just remotely positive with the, the irons, I mean, he's, He's strong enough off the tee that he's going to get it out there and have some short approaches. I could see him getting in a groove this week. So I, I think McNeely is really interesting. I may even bet him. Um, the number's pretty solid. Him. Again, like people are looking at him at like 30 to one for the Fortinet. Now he's like double that. So that's kind of where I'm looking in this range. But, you know, if you told me you wanted to get on Bez again, I, I guess I'd understand it. I, I just feel like McNeely's the, the more experienced one here. Everyone kind of likes him for the same reasons. And this is the type of setup where we should be targeting him. So I, I hear you. He's on my, I did my show uh, over on Odd Shopper YouTube, which right. I'm sure many of you already check out. But if you didn't, I got putting for dough this week. Maverick is on my card. There you go. I, bet him. I just feel, again, this is not great for DFS because there's nuance. But for an outright, I think that he's got a real shot to win in the next two years. And at 65 to like, I'm getting two years worth of starts. And these are the type of events, as you said, with a limited field, this is the, if, if Maverick's ever going to win, it's going to be one of these. I agree. Yeah. And it, to your point about the odds, 
when these guys who, again, we tend to overrate a bit, get down to 30, 21, it's usually the time to jump off when everyone's yes. talking about them. But when they next show up the next week and the field's a tiny bit stronger and it's still like a, you know, a, just a silly fall season and their odds are doubled, that's when you should get interested. Realist. It's just like buying stocks. When everyone's buying it, don't buy it. When everyone's selling it, buy it. So. Before we get into the sevens, I do want to ask you directly about Keith Mitchell. We've talked about him like three times in this show without actually talking about him. Terrible course history. We know he's a crazy scorer. In some ways, he's got a little of like the Cameron Champ combo, which is just like you murder off the tee and then you make all your putts. Your irons don't need to be that good. Is that the formula? Mask your around the green deficiencies and go for that? Or do you see something at Shriners that consistently does cause him problems? I, I don't really know what to make about Keith Mitchell's record here. Like it's, it is weird. Um, he won the Honda. I'll never, ever understand that. Why not? Just because. It's just like, is that, is Keith Mitchell, may, yeah, maybe I don't yeah. understand. Like, is he, I think that Luke List and Gary Woodland are guys that are really long hitters that actually benefit when you're forced into more positional golf where you actually don't be aggressive off the team right. and Keith Mitchell won at Honda and he was runner up at Corrales. I've always pictured him more like Wells Fargo, which I, yeah. I don't know. It's, I have a tough sell with Keith Mitchell in life. No, he, can't do he, it. He's, he's kind of a weird player to pin down. You're, you're not wrong. Like that, the Honda win and he's not like, and to make it even weirder, like when he won at the Honda, like he is around the green game really wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, he's turned into a little bit better in that regard, but um, it is kind of a weird win when you think about it. And it's, it's his record here really threw me off because we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. I picture Keith Mitchell and he makes a ton of birdies and his putter gets hot and then he gains a few strokes on approach and he's always bombing it, gaining like a million strokes off the tee. But he's just never done that here. And I don't, I don't know why. Like if Matt Wolf can have success here, it feels like Keith Mitchell should be able to find a couple cuts here in four you years. So um, I don't have anything to add really, other than the fact that maybe he just looks at this as like a Vegas vacation. He's just been taking it too casually. So <laughs> I think that it's fine to play him. Like I really do. I think as you mentioned in the chat, like the course history here, it's just so variable that, you know, if you, if you have a guy with good course history, great. It, it's it's like you know you get a feather in your cap but if a player is projecting well and he's got good recent form and you think he lines up well and he's like missed three cuts in a row here i really wouldn't worry too much about it 
Um, we also have guys like Ricky who's shown up here, has a, had like finished fourth in his first ever time playing the event and he's missed three cuts since. So I think that it, you're going to see a lot of players like that where they'll have a couple missed cuts here and then they'll pop up and have a really good year and they'll, and they'll just get going on the greens here. I think that could be Keith, Keith Mitchell this year. So um, I, I do like him as a, you know, a DFS play. I'm not betting him outright or anything like that, but as a DFS play, I think he's actually a little bit too cheap. So um, yeah, they go that value. And our, and the projections again, have Keith Mitchell as like one of the best values on the board this week. And that's something definitely to take notice of in these swing season events. You're not going to find everything that you like. I'm more willing to get, forgive course history, especially during swing season. Like I, I think it's, there's a lot of outside factors. We may never know. I'm sure there are guys in this field that, like you said, if they come here and they say, if I get off to a great start, great. But if not, I'm looking forward to playing a couple rounds of golf, uh, being in Vegas, like just getting some reps during the off season. Yeah. Another interesting name. And this was a guy I, I liked last week and I thought he was going to win until he didn't. Uh, and that's Thomas Detry, uh, yeah. who's broke my heart in Europe more than once. He came in ninth, gained across the board, but it was mostly the putter. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know what to really make of him at this course. No, I don't either. And I mean, that's another dude. I mean, there, there was like five dudes at one point or another. I'm like, he's going to win. Oh, I wish I had gotten on him, but, and then no, none of them ended up winning. It was Mackenzie Hughes. Never so was going to get was, on him. Yeah. Detry was definitely one of those guys. Um, and like you, I mean, like, I, I like this player. I see him as, as a potential winner on the PJ tour at some point in probably like a weaker field event, but I don't know if, if these like desert events and like the Amex and, and Phoenix is where it's going to be for him, or if, if he needs like a longer course with, with like a par 72, I think he's fine to just kind of cross off this week. I think that we also have some players underneath him where they're actually looking a little bit undervalued. So Detry is, is a player like I'm, I'm going to be on at points for the year. And, and I'm glad he's on tour. I'm glad we can bet him here, but, I, I don't really have a reason to get on him. I, I, I think that he, he had a really good week last week. The putter was hot. This is a different putting surface. It's a course he's never seen. It's also just a little bit, I don't even know what you call it, just a little bit more of like a tricked out setup these TPC courses are. And, and Detry hasn't played any of these before. So I think that there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. I'm, I'm basically out on him this week. I, I'm going to cash in my uh, dividends from last week. Kind of wait and see. But we're at the best part of the show. Ricky Fowler season, 7,800. Now, he did come in sixth at Fortnite. We've seen this story before, though. CJ Cup, last year, he came in third. He hasn't had a top 20 since then until Fortnite. Like, is it just a blip on the radar, or do you think that maybe Ricky at sub $8,000 prices in swing season is someone we need to really consider? So, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, like – it, it really looked good for Ricky at the Fortinet, didn't it? But um, I don't know. Like We're at a birdie fest event here. And I think that this is probably, ah. <laughs> hey, the, look, I want to see more from Ricky is basically what it boils down to. I'm really glad that he had a great week and he did switch swing coaches. And I think I, I, I'm, we probably mentioned this before. I think Fowler is going to bounce back this year. I think he's going to be more consistent. I think he will challenge for a win or two. I just don't really think it's going to be this week. Um relying on Fowler to, to get to like eight under just to make the cut or like to put himself in position. 
I don't know, man. I, I don't want to do that this week. I think he's, he's kind of an easy fade. I really hope he proves me wrong. I'd love to start betting Ricky Fowler again consistently. The odds are kind of interesting. I know he had a fourth year at like five years ago, but that was a different Ricky. I, I still think he's working his way back, and, and I, I don't really want to take him at this event. Yeah, I, he's gained strokes putting every time he's come here. Uh, he's going to need to do that once again. I, I really would be lying if if the names were blanked out, I wouldn't have a ton of interest in Ricky. I really wouldn't. You're you're, yeah. you're looking at more. You've got Mito right there, and then you got KH Lee, yeah. who's someone I really, you know, this guy's had success. Uh, you know, certainly at Byron Nelson, obviously waste management. Some of these type of iterations, does he pique your interest? I love KH Lee, um, mainly because I cashed his first Byron win, but he's. He's an underrated player guy. too. Um, underrated player. Good setup for him. I think, um, you know, you mentioned the desert golf, you know, he's played well in Phoenix a couple times. So there's, there's really no reason. And I think Adam Hadwin will be a popular pick. And I like, I like Hadwin this week too, but I mean, I think KH Lee has proven to be like a bit of a better player than Adam Hadwin over the last year and a half, or at the very least they're similar. So if you're getting lower ownership on Lee, why not take KH Lee? So, I think the really interesting play though is Mito Pereira. Um, I do not know what has gone on with his game really over the last like two months, but I just know Mito's good. And if you're giving me at 7,800 in this field and at like big odds, like I got to get a piece. I got to get, I got to have to have some kind of exposure to Mito Pereira this week. So I think that's the, the, the high end volatile play, but, could really just prove at the end of the week where Mito's sitting at like 25 under par and you're like, my God, you know, this was a dude who just about won the PGA. Why didn't we get exposure to? So I, I have my eyes on him. I think KH Lee and Hadwin are far, far better floors here um, with Hadwin probably even having like the best floor of the three. But I look at Mito as a play in that range where if you want to get some exposure and, you know, you want to, I kind of dial up the variance and get a low on player who's, you know, you're buying low, so to speak, that, that would be it for me. I, I can't push back on it. I think tournament centric type player. Cause I really don't know how good Mito is uh, not just in this spot, but in life. Um, it seems more like a buy than a, than a sell though, or, or, or not holding off, but I want to go a little lower. Now we're in the mid sevens. I'm going to throw out a couple names, but two that are strongly on my list, actually three Mark Hubbard. I I'm, pretty content with he played well last week nick hardy this is a guy that i want to buy during the swing season and then this is where it's getting a little dangerous what about matthew neesmith who's cooking with the iron synced it up with the putter he's gained in four straight events with the putter i think of him as a good iron player i think you can really make some good good opportunities in the mid sevens okay so i just blacked out there for a second what <laughs> i switched over to the my football lineup it was neesmith who are the first two players you mentioned yeah, you know, I, I said Mark Hubbard and you legitimately had no reaction. Like not even, it didn't, I could tell it didn't register. So we got Mark Hubbard, Nick Hardy, who's someone Hardy, that I'm, yeah. just, I'm interested in buying in swing season. And then yeah. Smith. I could get on board with all of these guys. Yeah, I okay. So Hubbard to me, I felt like it's just, we, we may have reached peak Mark Hubbard last week. I, I don't, yeah. don't want to like try again. If, if you were... If you're on Mark Hubbard last week, it just feels like pushing your luck to feel to, to go to go there again. Um, at this point, I didn't get the win. Like I, he's he's been a grinder for a bit, but I'm not going to chance it twice. I think this feels also deep enough where you got names down there where 
you could look to to get get off him. Hardy is. I, I keep going back between like Hardy is way overrated or he, I'm just like underrating him. And like last week, again, like he, he got himself in contention, but couldn't really close the door of those three. I love Neesmith the most. And okay. I mean, I think that is definitely the player like um, that, that I, I, I feel the most confident about. It, it's just a good setup for him. He's, he's proven himself on, on some of these desert tracks. He can get pretty good. I worry a little bit about his putting upside. But, you know, his irons are really good last week. I think you have to trust that. What about Kurt Kitayama? Oh, God. <laughs> I talk about someone that I don't know how good they are. Yeah. I mean, he's cost me a lot of money in Europe, not by not winning, by winning. And I've had uh, <laughs> okay. multiple guys against him in playoffs and whatnot. I mean, just look at his results. This is a great GPP player. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to read up s- certain spots. Miscut, 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 third. Miscut, miscut, runner-up. Miscut, miscut, second in the Scottish. I mean, littering the board with top fives and littering the board with miscuts. He is he's volatile, and I don't have any track record to go off. I think he's missed. I think he has played here a couple times, and I'm pretty sure it's like resulted in miscuts. But I don't care about that with a guy like that. No, we don't. I mean, he's 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 won low-scoring events in Europe. He can he can you know. If we want to go with the Honda Classic correlation, he almost won the Honda Classic, just like Keith Mitchell. So, although Keith Mitchell sucks here, so that's really a stupid comparison by me. But look, yeah, uh, Kitayama at seventy five hundred. I think I'd rather play Kurt Kitayama than go back to Mark Hubbard, just for the simple fact that I, I think the upside is is really good with Kitayama. But I don't know. Just wanted to throw him out. Always, he's a player who you should always just check if he's in the field, and just regardless of form. If he's sitting there at big odds and you think the field is gettable and, and maybe the top guys are a little bit vulnerable or the course is, is too easy, I, like getting a little bit of exposure, not a bad idea. As we work down, I mean, there's plenty of names and feel free to point out any of them from Nick Taylor to Rye. Jason Day is here. Benny on bad miscut last week. Jaeger, Martin Laird, who's probably got more you know, positive experiences here than maybe anyone in the field. There is you know, Justin lower is here. There's another Korean player that I don't know a lot about. Um, yeah. I am probably butchering the name, but Sung young Kim, I, I think who's making cuts. I, I don't know exactly what to make of a lot of these guys in the lower sevens. Yeah. He was up there for a while too. Right. I mean, like last week, I, I, I mean, he had, he had at one point, like he had a chance to win. So, um, this range is super interesting. Uh, there's, there's a lot of players I want to play here, unfortunately, for me. I, I will stand for my guy, Chris Kirk, once again. And I do not understand why his betting odds are like 80 to 1 again this week. But gained over three strokes on approach. Um, putting is, is starting to pick up a tiny bit. I, I, like I, I mean, the last time Chris Kirk won, it was at 26 under par on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour. He, he, can, he can absolutely just come to a place like this and get in a groove. So... Um, just as a veteran player, I, I just want to point that out again. I mean, his price has gone way down for some reason. A couple made cuts on, on the fall swing. Um, reminds me of just like a Marty Laird play. You know, he, he's just a veteran. Come here, have a good week. Could get it done. Um, I think you see you stay on him. Should I even mention Jason Day's name? I mean, I, I've already had. No. So, no. You said some crazy things the other day when he was in the uh... – the Fortinet, yeah. The Fortinet. And I, 
I'll give you the caveat that we really, I think we would both agree that it, unless Jason Day putts, it's never going to work. And he lost four strokes putting there. The irons were great. What exactly, how do you know what the deal is with that putter though? I mean, you don't, you just don't. I think that's the thing. Like it's, I mean, until there's like a big injury issue again with Jason Day, and there probably will be soon. Like, I I just don't, I just feel like he's not a bad punt play at these, at these events. I don't, I don't feel like he's a bad bet at like 80 to one either, but um, certainly by no means a must play. I like Russell Knox in this range. Let's just change the subject. So here we go. Yeah. That's Russell Knox is certainly safer than than Jason day. Um, I think this is a really good, he almost won here way back in like 2015. Um, just, you know, superb iron player. Can he, can he sink enough putts? I mean, like he, anyone can sink enough putts on any week. So I think Russell Knox at 7,100 is a play you should be all over. And, and he, he's actually like, like if you're looking for like placement bets or like a, a top 10 to mix with an outright, like I think Russell Knox is a great guy to ladder this week, 20, 10, five win. Um, I'll almost be shocked if he's not at least like top 20 at this event. He, he looked really good last week and I just love him on these setups a little bit shorter, um, where the, the, the proximity just gives you so many opportunities on every hole. Do you worry that his off the tee game has been particularly bad? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit, but I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt him too much at this course. I mean, I think he no. can just kind of. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday throw it out there and you know be fairly close to the hole fair enough uh all right now so we got marty do flat seven lee hodges flat seven front of the show jesse shouting him out hayden buckley talk about a top 20 hayden buckley every week you could play that guy i mean do these guys pique your interest i played marty do last week and it didn't really work. He did make the cut. I, I'm going to hold on with some of these names to kind of round out balance builds. Yeah, Marty Dew was a was a good call too by the chat. Um, you know his irons. I don't know if you know we want to stay on him for another week. I would probably say no. Um, Carl Yun has been making birdies at a pretty obscene rate since he's been on tour. Uh, I kind of like that play for for this event. I mean, you know. The, the birdies are going to be there if he gets the cut. I mean, he, he's a player who, you know, I, I feel like he could just pop up for much like some of these, these other younger players like a Montgomery or, or a Taylor Moore, they could just, he could just pop up with like a top 10 one week. And and I feel like Carl Yun at, at 6,900 fine to work in there. I'm not going to get back on the Hago train. That was weird last week. Just him popping. He's a good player, but I mean, what like about Bo Hostler? God, I'd rather play Jason day. Um, that is egregious and not true. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Bo Hosler, yeah, I guess he's the guy. I mean, if I'm if we like Maverick McNeely, I mean, Bo Hosler does a lot of the same things, right? Like, and, and truly, he does. Um, elite bent grass putter, yeah, 
no, if he, if he, um, you know, if his irons are just even average, like he's probably got a shot. Right. So yeah, no, Hosler's definitely in play. Um, yeah, his record here isn't terrible either. Actually, if we're, if we're really getting into it, you know, he can play that kind of just bomb and gouge style where he'll just launch at 350 and, you know, the, the, the approaches will be short, so short for him. He's still going to hit a ton of greens. Um, and if the putter, if he just starts sinking some 30 footers, then yeah, Hosler is, is probably someone, um, you can think about in this range. Chesson Hadley is another player in this range who good course history here always seems to putt well here, likes the low scoring events. I don't know who I take between Hadley and Hosler actually. I mean, Hosler is the one coming off the make cut. So maybe, maybe I do lean Hosler here. I like Hostler this week. I, again, you have to know what you're getting. Oh, into. Fair enough. I mean, I take back my Jason Day comment. I I, I do. I dial it back. <laughs> okay. I apologize for the the Bo Hosler. Yes. Bo Hosler. I'm not gonna play. Try not to play both sides of course history. But he's four for four here in made cuts. Everything inside the top 35. He's gained strokes putting in all four iterations of this tournament. He's gained strokes around the green in all four iterations of this. That's exactly the formula for him. Now he could get himself in trouble. The irons could break. I mean, there's no doubt. But if you tell me that some of these putting specialists can go off here, Bo Hostler, sub 7K, there's no doubt in my mind in terms of top 10 equity in the 6K range, he's towards the best of the guys. Yeah. And again, like I can't really say bad things about Bo Hostler if I like Maverick McNeely because I just feel like those two players very similar if they just have decent weeks with their irons, I mean, well, things can happen. Like things can happen quick for them. So no, it, it's an interesting play. I think this is again, like the type of event where we want Bo Hosler. Um, you know, the TD green doesn't have to be leaned on too much and uh, you can do more with the putter. So that play now, makes a lot of sense. On the other side of it, you've alluded to some guys that maybe have a combo of off the tee and putting. Does that make Patrick Rogers intriguing? Because Patrick Rogers, in theory, that's what he does. He made the yeah. cut at Sanderson Farms, but that's about all he did. Yeah, I just don't know if he's playing well enough. Like, I mean, it, it looked like he was going to take a step forward at top points last year, and it, it just really hasn't happened. So no. I'm always kind of checking out Patrick Rogers, seeing what he does, but I don't know. I don't I'm, he, he could pop up, man. Like he really could. I mean, like the, the 10 strokes putting the, the Kevin Na is, is, is potential, but I just don't think that he's, he's playing well enough to be honest. Like I, I got, I really have nothing there. We get into, we're into the deep sixes now. And I, I can never get this guy, right. He does this. Dylan Fratelli 13th at Sanderson farms. He gained in all four categories. I, I never know where to target him. And it seems like his statistics don't correlate to any course. Now he's a winner at John Deere. He went nuts that, but it seems all in all, you'd probably want him at these type of events. Is he someone, when you look at the six K Ranger into, or are there other names that you give the nod to? So, yeah, I mean, looking at this range like you, I mean, the talent here just dries up pretty quick and yes. you look at Fratelli and it's like, who's the most talented guy in this range. I mean, I would throw for Telly probably pretty quick here. I mean, I don't, you know, if someone wants to make an argument about like Harry Hall or something, sure. I guess we could have maybe Brandon Wu. Um, but like those guys are very untested and like, we know what we're getting with Fratelli, who's still a young player, still kind of in his prime here. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a pretty good target if you're going down here for DFS. I, I really do. 
the fact he's he's shown recent form is good. I mean, I don't even know if we need recent form with Fratelli because he tends to just miss some cuts, then pop up randomly, like you said, and just gain across the board or something weird like that. But he's his only win came at another birdie fest, came on Bankgrass Greens too. Definitely not bad indicators. Um, I will I'll I'll stand for my guy, Henrik Norlander, a bit. Whenever Norlander just gets a little bit of confidence, he does tend to string it together. And right now he's made about seven of eight cuts. Um, I know some of those are corn fairy starts, but when his putter gets confident, he can, he's, he's kind of an approach driven player. He's got some pretty decent track record in, in the desert. He's played a lot of these courses a lot of times now. And just a veteran player who at 6,700, like if he gets you through the cut, he's probably going to have, you know, piling up some birdies for you on the weekend. So I think other than Fratelli, like the Norlander play coming off some, some pretty decent golf is I'm fine with it this week. Um, I don't really have anyone else in this range to trust. I think anyone else kind of like below 6,700 you're there's, there's just don't have as good of floors as the two guys we just threw out. So, you know, like Brandon Wu's got upside. Sure. Our guy, Sam Ryder can make three Eagles like he does sometimes, or maybe Shank comes to life after we, you know, Oh. Both decided to make him our, you know, poster boy last week, but oh, I mean, Smotherman's down here. I mean, okay, we we are forgetting about Smotherman, but like other than, yeah, he's at sixty five too. So. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just there's a lot of guys doing a lot of different things from Colt. Like Chez is down here, but his putter is completely broken. Yeah, he's everything's broken with Chez right now. I mean, it's, it's not great. Um, Shank does have really good course history. He was third and. 2021 here and he just seemingly dominates on these greens you've got smotherman you've got t dunks i mean i don't know they gets you know you're starting to talk about guys that i i really don't know how you make a case for some of them like ryan moore is down here and those types you know who's down here who i I, sadly you can't play i can't believe that schwab really just has not translated at all i thought that he would be able to handle it on tour and it's not working right now at all it stinks. And I love that guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I do too. Like, I mean, I love all these zero players when they come over and I, like, I, I, I hope Schwab, he came so close to the Barracuda that one year. It's unfortunate. Um, I hope he gets it together though. Ew, he's good enough to challenge. He's definitely good enough to, to challenge on the PGA. Um, yeah. The Smotherman chat's right. I mean, we like Smotherman was really good play last week. Um, good top 40 bet, just good value. He's good value again. But um, when we're getting down here, I, I think it was you who called this guy out. It was Ben Griffin a couple weeks ago at 6,200. So this is a guy that we've talked about a little in pe- previous weeks because of he popped at Wyndham, and I legitimately had never heard of him. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back, you know, miscut for no big deal. Responds with 6.2 with the irons at Sanderson. Very impressive. Yeah. He's fourth and birdie or better rate. I mean, he's only got like 18 rounds or something, but you know, over the last 24 rounds, I mean, he's up there in like the top five. I mean, he's up there with, with, with the best players. So um, now we get him at an event where you need to make a ton of birdies. I'm pretty intrigued this week. I'm not going to lie. Um, his, his cut record is interesting. Like, okay. Like six of seven missed cuts on the corn ferry. But you know, if you go back to the start of the year, he was more consistent than that. Like he had a stretch at the start of the season for the KFT tour, the corn Ferry tour, where he's top 12 in four of six events. Like potentially you're just 
you're getting in on a player who, because of he had that that missed cut stretch where he was just out of tune or whatever, yeah, you know, he's just completely mispriced. I think that's actually a thing where if, if he pops up again this week, I mean, you know, like this is this is going to be a player who, sh- who should be getting a pretty big price jump. So I look down there. I'm pretty intrigued by playing him. Um, I mean, we could talk about some of these dudes if you want, but like I, I like Streb, Langmurth. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a hard take on anyone else. No, I think you want to be pretty careful down here. It, the one thing I'll say that why I even would entertain someone like Griffin, you're paying up like you can get Cantley and Sunjay, and yeah, that right. is something you might if they come in first and second, which is unlikely, of course, but not impossible. You might need someone down here, and that's where it's it. Last week, I didn't really like Sam Burns. So it, what was the point of going to get a $6,200 golfer? Here it makes a little more sense in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. You can always create unique lineups. And, yep. I mean, one thing I don't think many people will be doing is pairing Cantlay with even anyone above. You know, there might be some Cantlay, Tom Kim lineups. I mean, I'm sure there will be some Cantlay, Tom. But, like, like a wise Cantlay, I think that'll be a low on stack. Sunjay Cantley assuredly will be loaned. And even like a, a Cantley Sunjay, like, can you even do that? Cam Davis, Sunjay Cantley. I mean, yeah, with Griffin, you probably could manage that. So, I mean, you can get pretty crazy if you use Ben Griffin. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this player has, has some pretty good potential just from, again, not knowing him uh, a ton about him, but just looking what he's done on the Corn Ferry Tour if you take out the one stretch of eight starts, he <laughs> looks really good. So it's a big thing to take out, but players go through weird stretches all the time and they kind of rebound. So I get it. And, and again, this is the type of week more than ever with so many unknowns. Uh, a lot of these guys down here, I'm going to let the tools do the work for me. I'll look at our leverage scores. I'll look at our projections and some guys will stand out. I'll probably give them a closer look and possibly put them in the pool because there's so many guys where we're talking about, you just mentioned even with Ben Griffin, like 18 rounds, 15 rounds. What, like, we, we have an, uh, kind of a feel for what they are, but we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Any final thoughts before we put a bow on the Shriners Children's Open? Correct? Uh, I think. <laughs> Did I get it right? Nailed it, pal. Got Great it. Great job. Um, Let's go. No, no hospitals this year, just the children. No. Just um, the children. Next year, who knows? At least they keep Shriners, like I said. Yeah. Dean and DeLuca, 10 different sponsors. Charles Schwab in there. I can't. Who knows, who knows what's going to be next year? Um, we're old enough to remember when it was just Colonial. But look, yes. I, one, one, one thing for DFS, I do think it would be a little bit of an interesting week to think about leaving money on the table. Um, like if you're going to fade can't lay i mean you're you're kind of playing for like a bit of a random event anyways so i think we have enough players in like the low 9k and like high 7k range to 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 do that so uh i mean again it's not like if you're doing like a single entry don't please don't do that but like just for for mixing it up a little bit um you know if you're gonna fade can't lay anyways i mean you know going with a little bit more volatile lineup in an event where that just screams volatility anyways so just wanted to throw that out i know for betting again for me like I don't think I'm going to have anyone under like 66 to one this week in the outright. So um, that, how that, how that translates to DFS, I think that's exactly how it translates where you could potentially just get a lineup where there's like, you know, two, two grand left on the table or something like that. 
it, it definitely is that type of week. And again, swing season golf, that's what we do here uh, at Stochastic. It's not the pinnacle of the golf season, but there's still opportunities, even if it's just to see what some of these guys can do before we get to the big time tournaments when the season turns. But if you've got to find more questions at the fantasy grind at Jazz Raz DFS right on the screen there. As the porn bots invade our chat, that is always the signal that it's time to go. Friends, anyone that watched this, you guys are the true ride or dies for our golf product. We appreciate it. You want to help us hit the like button on your way out, support the show, share it around, tell your friends. Let's make this community even bigger and better for 2023. But until then, for me, for Jeff, for Tyler behind the glass, good luck, everyone. Enjoy the Shriners Children's Open. We'll be back next week with more PGA here at Stochastic. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production could napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future and how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet james burke's visionary series connections returns for a new generation Experience all new connections with monthly annual and bundled plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com.